Welcome back to Ghostly Talk. This is Scott L. This is Amber, and this is going to be one of those episodes where we just pick a topic that we're interested in, and we're going to tell you about it. We've been talking about <laughs> doing this for a while, uh, kind of changing things up a little bit. And with the little break we had, a lot of stuff happened. I think it'll come up here in our conversation. Um, yeah, we wanted to come back and do something like this and talk about and, a subject that we thought was really interesting. Yeah, and sometimes it's hard to find an expert or uh, a guest to accommodate what we want to talk about. And I think in yeah. the case of this subject, which is, uh, and I know there's people out there. Well, but... we were introduced to this guy or all the people surrounding the Philadelphia experiment, for example. And Phil Schneider, who we're going to be talking about kind of in depth tonight. Um, if any of our old school listeners out there will remember, we talked to a guy named Bill Nell years ago, right? He was on the show a handful of times. When we were kind of, we went, Doug and I went through this phase where we were just obsessed with the Philadelphia experiment. It's it's all we it's all we were talking about for a while. And Bill Nell um, still is one of my favorite guests. I think we had over the years. Um, you know, and opinions go both ways about him. I did actually reach out to him not too long ago. I saw he had a Facebook page, for example, but I haven't heard back from him. So I don't know if he's just missing an action. I don't know what his status is. If anybody does know his status, let me know. I wouldn't mind talking to him again. Um, but he was a really interesting guest we had back in the day. And we were introduced to the man named Phil Schneider as a result of this. So this is getting the cat out of the bag here. Uh, this is what we're going to be talking about tonight. When Bill was on, did he talk only about Phil Schneider's family involvement no. with the, no, or did was, he actually talk this about? This was all around the Philadelphia Phil. experiment, right? Oh. Uh, one of the things he sent to us, and we were looking at these the other night, and I still I still have the VHS tapes, is the truth about the Philadelphia experiment, which is something I think he produced. Uh, and it's it's rough. It's, did you say you found it on YouTube, though? I found the Phil, well, the main discussion that's on these tapes with Phil Schneider, he's he's talking at a, at a UFO conspiracy conference, basically. Yeah. And I, I'm sure it sounded like you were listening to one earlier today, the same thing that I was yeah. I, I was turned on to Phil uh, with. I watched it a couple days ago in prep for this show. But the, the, there's a tape set out there called The Truth About the Philadelphia Experiment, and Bill Nell is the one that put it together. Um it has uh, it has a very long. I'm talking hours here. Uh, uh, interview with uh, Duncan Cameron. Who's Duncan Cameron? He was a person that claims he was on the USS Eldridge, and I, I mean I haven't looked at this stuff in a long time. Um, but there's a hand. Al Belix, another person who was oh. who, who was um, yeah. You may He'll have seen come it. up a little bit He'll tonight. Come up, yeah, uh, he's another person there. This this tape is more or less. From from what Bill explained to me, he they did tape this and they taped it on a Thanksgiving day, like really like a long time ago, right? I mean, it looks old, uh, but it's basically these gentlemen just sitting in a living room with a handful of people just telling the story of the Philadelphia experiment and how they traveled time and all kinds of craziness that, that uh, goes around the Philadelphia experiment. For before we get into Phil's story, but for listeners that are not at all familiar with the Philadelphia experiment, Scott, you must give a recap. Oh God! That's there's so much. I know, it's, but okay. Think of the quickest possible way to describe what the Philadelphia okay, experiment I will because is. Because that's the best I can do right now. Because there's just so I know, much. I know. And I mean, I mainly zeroed. You know, I, I keyed in on Phil Schneider for this discussion, yeah. not the Philadelphia experiment. Again, it's been a long time, and I've drank a lot of beer since then. Uh, more or less, our our military 
in the quest to make their boats, our, our, our ships invisible. The radar somehow made our ships completely invisible. Yeah. I don't think the Philadelphia experiment is something that, especially if you're in this field that you're in the weird stuff like this and you're studying these things, the Philadelphia experiment is something you're a pretty, you're going to be familiar with. I think at, at absolute least you're going to be familiar with it more so than how I explained it. You're going to know more detail than that. Uh, but and allegedly Nikola Tesla's technology was involved in it. And, and when the people came back yeah, from the Einstein experiment, was, Einstein was involved with it too. They said, well, when the people came back, weren't they like the boat goes, it goes, it vanishes and everyone's like, what, where did it go? And then it comes well, back, and then people weren't people like fused in with the ship's well, metal. What, yeah, what was said about that? And this is on these tapes I'm talking about. And I don't know if I have the permission to do this, but I actually captured these tapes digitally. I mean, you know, like audio wise. Well, I you want, can do that, but you just can't post them anywhere. Probably. Yeah, I, no, I know. I mean, I did. I I did this years ago because I want you know, it's they're not they're not much to look at, but there's something to listen to, mm-hmm. right? So I captured them. I took, a, I took a VHS player and ran it to, you know, ran, ran the audio to my computer and captured all this stuff. So um, I have listened to this a few times. And what they more or less said is that when you have that much, we got cats, yeah, we got cats fighting out there. That's every episode. <laughs> They're not fighting. It's Rollins. He, when he's not, for some reason, we start recording down here. We like the cats to hang out with us. We like him to be around us. It, it, it's soothing, right? Uh, but Rollins, they, he isn't getting all the attention, you know. so he starts to get upset, so he starts to mew, right? They, they so, provide commentary. So, yeah, you hear him in the background. Yeah. They're, they're our little soundtrack. But one of the ideas they said about this is when you get – when this much electricity is applied to an environment, this much power is applied, that it literally will knock your body out of its time and space. And what that means is – yeah, normally you wouldn't be able to put your hand through a piece of metal, right? But if you are completely out of sync from when you were born to when you die, if there if, that's assuming that there's a there's a there's a true timeline, right? Um here we go. The cats are going at it. Um <laughs> Stop. Stop eating her. Stop, Stop. it. Uh Scott, point, keep going. Killing this keep point. going. <laughs> But basically, what what was what happened with this, as a lot of you probably know, is um, when they applied this power to the ship, the ship went invisible, and when the ship came back, a lot of the 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 seamen uh, were fused to the the deck of the boat. Their arms were stuck. They were halfway through walls. They the people that that weren't um, in that that sad shape. They were they were more or less going insane. They lost their minds. Yeah, supposedly um, some, some people were studied, like got yeah. shipped to like a loony bin place and like studied. Were there the was people... there, well, there were some stories of of some of the sailors who were who were on that ship that maybe weren't affected as much. But there was one story of a bar fight that some sailor got in, and they saw him actually go translucent. Hmm. They just saw through him. He got mm-hmm. angry, and he got you know he. He, I guess that was his new superpower he had. He could go could translucent or something. So were the people that were fused to the ship, were they dead? I, You know, that's one of those things about that story. You'd think that if you were knocked out of your time and something like that happened to you where all of a sudden you are now fused, half of your body is fused through the hull of a ship or the, the, the you know, the wall of a ship or whatever, something metal, I don't know, Um you, I would think you wouldn't you, come back from that. You would, you'd just be, <laughs> You're just, just kinda, dead. Yeah, I you don't, come back I don't dead. know. I mean, I, 
I didn't hear mainly the story goes that that people were just fused to the ship. Gross. Uh, and the same thing they had they had lab animals on there and they were fused could, to their cages and stuff. Could you imagine being Okay. So this was what year? Oh my god, you're gonna, you're killing me with this stuff. I I didn't know I was You're supposed to be prepped. I I prepped this on was, Bill Schneider. Hang this on. This was the forties, right? Hang on. I'm gonna Google it. Do 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 Google Google. Scott's Google This is some really great really really great stuff we're doing here. <laughs> this is just... <laughs> oh, uh, 19 October 20th. Well, sometime around October 28th, 1943. I was going to say okay. 43. 40, I was going to okay. say 44. But yeah, okay, so you would have in the military someone that's job was probably to document things with a camera and be maybe always have a camera on hand. What if there exists somewhere photographs of those people fused in the ship? How wild would that be to actually see? Well, they'd be like anything. You wouldn't believe it. That's... Yeah, it would, it would be it would be hard to comprehend something like it's hard to comprehend that right now. The idea that something you normally like just this table we're at. I mean, I can put my hand on it, I can put my legs under it, I can possibly sit on it. Uh, there's all kinds of things, but all that has to do is with resistance, right? It's too those atoms are too compact for me to put my hand through it. It's not like air, right, or water or something like that. So the thought, uh, it just it don't make any sense mentally no. for a person to deal with that. You can't get your arms around. It. I guess that's that's what makes that story so well, so so fascinating. And we can always in the future uh, do uh, ramble on about the Philadelphia experiment. But the only reason we mention the Philadelphia experiment is because allegedly Phil Schneider's dad, Oscar Schneider, yeah. was involved in the Philadelphia experiment yes, he because was. he was in the military. He was a uh, German U-boat operator. That was um, captured mm-hmm. and, uh, what's the word, repatriated? Repatriated. Uh, into our military and then was also uh, instrumental in basically designing nuclear submarines, mm-hmm. uh, was involved that's, in that's, nuclear that's medicine. Phil, that's what Phil claims. And that's what Phil claims, but, oh, and he knew Valiant Thor. I love that fact. Let's, that, we'll get into that. <laughs> I like that one. Because, you know, so, the thing about that, and I this is one of those, you know, Valiant <laughs> Thor... And it cracked me up the other night when I was kind of going over this stuff. Yeah, I know you're. But you're, here's you're, the weird thing: if you there is a famous photo of Valiant Thor out there where yeah, he's like he's in, in the Congress. he's in yeah he's in the front, and then there's these people he's behind like a dude. him. Dude, looks like a rather dude. Well, when Phil would bring this photo of Valiant Thor to conferences where he would speak yeah. and say, "Hey, yeah. here's my dad in the background." Well, I did genealogy on Phil's family, and yeah. when you look up. Phil's dad, Oscar. Yeah, he was in the military. You do see his military photos. Okay, and there, and when you see his military photo, like it's on findagrave.com. It's not that hard. Oscar you, Schneider. Yes, uh, you see him, and you, when you see his military photo, when you see him behind the alleged Valiant Thor, yeah, the alien that came to visit Phil Earth, Schneider or Oscar. Oh, yeah, uh, you they, see he Oscar. Said, he said uh, he, he said in that in the, one of his discussions, he's like, yeah, that's my father. Yeah. well, it's the same Oscar. guy. It really, it's or the behind, same guy. So yeah. he's not just picking some guy that's like, yeah, that's my dad. You got to believe me. Like I saw the photo of his dad, and I'm like, that's the same guy. That's the same dude. Now, of course, we have no idea if the blonde guy sitting in the front of the photo is Valiant Thor, who. You know, he's from I've, Venus. He's a, yeah. He's he's from Venus. He's gonna be one tough dude to live on Venus. Well, maybe underground because we're gonna be talking about underground bases. 
So maybe he's uh, yeah. maybe on the Venusian. I mean, we know Venusian. now you can't breathe. You can't live there. Yeah. At le- I mean, unless he could can't live on the surface. Breathe there, or he was special. I don't know, yeah. but yeah. Um, so Valiant Thor, yeah, Valiant Thor is we, we a got fun a, we, figure in we UFO got a, lore. Well, yeah, he's a fun figure in UFO lore. He's they're also a really rad band too. And that's kind of well, you know, I, it, that didn't yeah. hit me years ago. When we were studying this stuff, but maybe we got into Valiant. Valiant Thor came around in the late aughts. Yeah, around there. And I was kind of not doing this stuff too much. Yes, so, so you probably didn't make the connection. I didn't make the connection, but then I made the connection the other night and started cracking up to myself. Uh, and, and guys, that's how they got their name Well, from. He, he appeared in 1967, and he was supposedly written about in a book called Stranger at the Pentagon by Reverend Frank T. or Frank E. Stranges. And he, it's just some dude that made friends with him. He was a reverend. Yeah. And he, he made friends with him, and he was buddies. Yeah. And a, a claimed that he got to know him, and that he uh, that uh, Valiant Thor, which also is really a cool name, landed. A, I want that name. Landed on Earth on March, on March sixteenth. No, is that today? No, today's March fourteenth. Oh, I thought it was Valiant Thor Day. Shoot. That would have been creepy. Oh, that would have been interesting. Well, okay, two days from when we're recording we'll this show. Re- maybe we'll just re-record Valiant this. Thor oh, Day. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, should, I should post something on that day. But anyway, he lands on Earth in 1957, claims he comes to the planet to help give us information and warn us about nuclear weapons and how it's bad. We shouldn't be using these things because that's when a lot of our UFO lore starts to begin. When, when, we, when we started testing nukes, that's when they started to come well the uh, the whole idea and this makes sense to me by the if way you're, if you're to be- oh, go ahead valiant thor disappeared on march 16th if you're well, 1960 if- and he just de- dematerialized when his mission was complete oh yes just just yeah Goodbye. Bye. like cartman going away Bye. Bye. <laughs> like, like well you know okay like, guys i'm all right now say the win he, he made a star star trekian disappearance just well phased out no, what was I saying? Now you totally made me forget what I was saying. I don't know. No, well, that's that's a common theme with this with with the UFO lore thing. Oh, is, the nuclear testing. Well, yeah, which makes sense to me. And the whole idea is this: these people. Well, I mean, let's just assume for a second that these races of, of beings they are more intelligent than us, you know. And that isn't to say, and that's that's always been this assumption you hear about is that just because. Um, some race has the ability to travel across space does not necessarily mean they're more intelligent than us. It just means they learn to do one thing better than us. Um, but one thing I do think they know more about is this idea of how things interrelate in the universe. I think how things interrelate in the universe is not much different how things interrelate on this planet, right? And how when we do, we make one mistake or damage one part of this planet, how it does affect other parts of the planet. I don't think it's any different in space. And that's one of the ideas that all of these races we hear about or we hear stories about are saying, look, the powers that you're playing around with right now has the capacity to affect other parts of this galaxy, if not the rest of the universe. So you need to learn how to harness that or you need to get rid of it and we need to show you the way, so to say, right? That's a common theme with all with all these stories, I think, which well, can't say I disagree with them. And who's to say that when we detonate this stuff, it doesn't go off into the upper atmospheres and onto like other planets and affects them and pollutes them. Like we're literally sending pollution into the universe somewhere yeah. out there that's affecting other people. If this well, stuff just like goes ozone on. Would capture it, well, that. look how long it takes for nuclear particles to 
break down. Well, it's a, they have a very so, long, they have a very very long half life. If you're on what yeah, the if you're detonating stuff in our in our atmosphere to test it out, or even in our oceans, uh, you know, there's the whole fun thing about USOs, unidentified submerged submerged objects, or that there's underwater alien cave bases underwater and all that fun stuff. You could be you know. Here's some fun numbers. Pissing some for aliens you. off there. Yeah, here's some fun numbers. I always like these numbers. The half life of uranium 238 is about 4.5 billion years. See, that's ridiculous. Uranium 235, which is what we, I think that's what we use, we use in reactors, is 700 million years. See? Uh, and the uranium, and uranium 234 is 250,000 years. So I, I don't know all the ins and outs of what happens and how these particles disperse when you detonate an atom bomb or whatever kind of bomb, nuclear bomb in our atmosphere like they did so often in the in the past to test this stuff yeah where does it go um because you have nuclear fallout right that stuff lands somewhere it goes somewhere yeah i don't i don't know i'm not an expert on this kind of stuff but yeah, hey yeah. maybe it's angering a few alien nations out there i think that what what our our celestial family or friends or foes or whatever they are out there i would think that if we were to create like another Tsar Bomba, for example. What is right? that? Tsar Bomba was like the largest nuclear bomb ever detonated. I, oh, where was it detonated? I forgot. God, you're, why am I getting quizzed tonight? I need to know these things. Tsar Bomba. I need to know these things. I forgot about Was it a test bomb? Yeah. I mean, it's been a while. Tsar Bomba. Yeah. Um, also known as uh, AN-602. Thermonuclear aerial aerial bomb, most powerful nu- nuclear weapon ever created and tested. Uh, and it was so, tested in the sky. Yeah, ground level view. Uh, is in Russia. Yeah, it was in Russia, the Soviet Union when they. Oh, they, they tested it. Yeah, they tested it. Yeah, wasn't one of was, ours. Uh, yeah, this was uh, nineteen sixty one, July nineteen sixty one. Mm. It's a massive. I, I the specs on this thing. It's completely insane. So who knows? Who knows what but that what, kind what of I'm stuff? What I'm saying, but... like another Tsar bomba like that. If it was actually detonated for real. Sure. Well, you're de- you're still detonating the thing. You're just detonating in a place where there's not like there's no people at, right? Um, that's what I think the concern is here is just maybe a jolt. It's so you know think about it this way, and this is how what keeps me interested with planets and and, and rotation and things like that. I mean, obviously the universe works like a gigantic set of gears, and you know think of a giant clock, right? And the slightest vibration the slightest anything could knock any asteroid planet star anything off of its uh access its rotation that it's normally on and they could go hurtling into another planet or whatever it might be i'm just kind of going high level here right so what i think the concern here is from our celestial friends up there if this is really what the concern is and it's always been the concern is is they understand the delicacy of the universe and how temperamental it can be. And the slightest thing, even a slight ripple we send off our planet with the largest nuclear weapon we could detonate, um, it could create a, you know, a small change here could over time snowball out and create larger problems in the universe yeah. and destroy worlds maybe. I don't know, right? But that's just, that's just kind of just riffing on that idea, well, I guess. back to Phil Schneider. Uh, we got to start the story briefly. We, by the way, we cannot expertly touch on every single detail that's involved with this story. But the thing I want to summarize a little bit is before we get into Phil's life is underground bases because we have to. I have to preface this that yeah. other people were talking about underground government facilities or dumbs. 
Yep. Uh, I wrote that down. What does that stand for again? Oh you know, God. I wrote that too. Yeah, did you write that down? Dumbs, my... uh, deep underground military bases. Thank you. So there's, 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 these are all over the world. Um, they exist. It's a thing. And back in <coughs> the 1940s, there was supposedly already one uh, on the Archuleta Mesa or in that area by Dulce, New Mexico, which is a tiny, tiny little town. Yeah. And then over time, the story is that gray aliens and reptilians just kind of took over that base, just just moved in and did their thing, right? So well, I want to know There's why, supposedly though. a base there with, you know, already in the 40s with aliens doing their thing, right? What? And that's kind of the, also the era when we, we start having this stuff because we got Roswell, um, all these things that these Eisenhower, like later on, Eisenhower supposedly makes a deal and talks to aliens and, and uh, all, right. that, all that fun stuff's going on in this era. So then, moving on, um, Phil Schneider's story begins for him in 1979, but... Manzan Dulce. Yeah, Dulce. Dulce, Dulce. Yeah. But before that, you have people also talking about alien or not, well, alien cave bases. Um, Gosh, there was, this is where I'm going to be horrible at this because I had written down another name of a guy who was talking about these these bases and stuff before Phil. Well, that's cool because I have a million notes in front of me, as you can well, see. Well, you know, in regards but to Phil Schneider, still, yeah. Still, before, before Phil. Night. So you have Paul Benowitz is claiming, he's the first to claim that there's alien activity going on. He's convinced that in uh, around 1979 that he is intercepting electronic communications from alien spacecraft. Now, again, we could do a whole show on poor Paul Benowitz, uh, there's a lot of the story with him is that he was allegedly seeing possibly government stuff that they were working on and they didn't want him talking about it anymore. So he was fed a lot of disinfo that ended up putting him multiple couple times in mental health centers, yeah. having nervous breakdowns and. Uh, people will know the name Richard Doty as one of the biggest disinformation agents that's still out there talking to people yeah, on the yeah. lecture sur- uh, circuits who now admits, yeah, we did this to him. We totally messed with him um, that they don't cover that up anymore. So if you look up Paul Benowitz's story, it's kind of a sad situation with what they what the government did to that guy. But anyway, you get this, this claim of a- alien activity going on with him. So... I, well, then you got. Let's just let's just go into Phil's story. So I've been trying to. I know, I know, but we have all these other things that lead up to. Well, we got to gotta keep it focused here. We're trying, we're trying. This is, you guys are getting to see like Amber's brain is... and can pure action. This is why we <laughs> just interview people. See. Well, I could have better notes if I gave myself more you got, time. You got a million papers. I, yeah, I wish I, you know we had to take a picture of this just for the <laughs> just for the show. There's just a thousand gazillion papers with writing all well, around here, and I'm like, I don't. How are you going to keep your thoughts yeah, organized I know, that way? I know. So, all right, Phil I'm Schneider, gonna, though. So and let's go to 1979 okay, okay. here. All right. Yeah. So imagine, imagine you are a government worker with a high security clearance because you are building underground bases. So you're building a new base in the Archuleta Mesa near Dulce, New Mexico, and you take four big, you have to drill first four big giant holes, shafts into the ground. And as you're doing this, one of them in particular is giving you a problem. Your equipment that's going down there is coming back broken somehow. 
Sometimes things being sent down the shaft are coming back missing. And, and when, when, the, when the holes were built, a strange, like, sooty, weird material came out of them that wasn't normal. So next, after all this stuff comes back broken and missing, oh, guess some people got to go down there. Now, I wouldn't sign up for that in a million years. That is a terrifying – remember watching Oak Island and them going down in those deep shafts to look for stuff? It's very dangerous. It just looks absolutely terrifying to me. Well, they had the Oak Island thing, not to to go too far. We're not going there. But there was – I mean, I watched a couple of those episodes, and some of those shafts, they were just – you know. What the problem they would have, and this is what amazed me, is they would dig those shafts and they would just automatically fill up with water. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Well, I mean, being on an island there. This, so they had this, this is in a, a desert yeah. basin, so I don't think an, a yeah, water was as much of an issue. But Yes, but that's just a different kind of danger. Yeah. I mean, you're still going into oh, yeah. the unknown. You don't it's, know what you're going to go oh, on. Yeah. Yeah. Just, it's just that creepy darkness going down there. Why does your equipment keep breaking? Why did this strange, like, sooty material pop up? So Phil was kind of creeped out also because... He noticed that there was a lot of green berets in the geology camp. Now, um, Phil, Phil's, he was a geologist. He specialized in, um, gosh, he went to, uh, what was his, um, again, I'm looking at my notes. Guys, geologist is, and metallurgist, he said. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Anyway, he 17 was. 17 years in the black budget program. Super smart, super smart guy. Um, yeah, I think his IQ, his high school transcript mentioned that his IQ was something like, oh, it's 163. That's insanity. That's insanity. In high school, you have an IQ of 163. Mm-hmm. So smart guy. Anyway, he's working for these companies that are also with the the black budget money. So 17 years, like I said. When you're looking at Phil, his, his ex-wife later on mentioned that his paychecks had the wrong social security number attached to them because that's how they sort of hide your identity within those projects. Mm-hmm. So anyway. He goes down there, and a Green Beret goes with him. So that's weird. Like, why are there Green Berets here when you're just drill, drilling into the ground? That's that's kind of weird, right? And as they get down there, the smell is horrible. That's what Phil described. Horrible. It's like, the worst smell like he's garbage, ever garbage like smell. times a thousand. Yeah. And when they get down there and start, I assume, flashing a light, there's two, as he describes, seven-foot yeah. gray aliens and he just says gray aliens. I don't remember in his lectures if he ever described anything else. Like, I don't know if he meant like as in grays or just the color of the skin. Do you remember well, him saying say something? Lar- he said large grays. So I guess like, I guess he meant like grays as in like the big eyes, the like big the Whitley eyes. Strieber book kind. Yeah, but big. Right. Typically right. the ones we see, they're, they're, they're imagined that they're, in that, they're, ra- they're rather short actually. Like they're, yeah, they're cute. Yeah, they're, they're cute. They're cuddly. Yeah. They'll hang out. They squeak. Yeah. So these yeah. guys know they, they're not cuddly. They don't squeak. And Phil has a pistol on him and immediately shoots a couple. And, and I guess and so he, he said he killed two. He of them. did. And he's like, they're, they're mortal. He you said, yeah, they them. die. He said, they do die. But then well. more started to come and one just, I guess he described it as it sort of held its hand in front of its chest and just a blue energy light shot at Phil and took off, what was it, his index and middle index and middle finger, like half of it. Well, in the discussion that I watched, he said it opened him up like a fish. Oh, yeah. But you you do see when he speaks, 
Yeah, on his left hand, he's missing uh-huh. his his uh, pinky yep. and his what you call that that ring his ring finger. Yeah, um, they're gone. And he's got a big slash on his chest. He said that his toenails fell off, turned black, and fell off. And he also feels some some things I read said that he most likely or felt he had some type of like radiation poisoning. Well, he said that he had cancer. Well, that well, yeah. He said he had cancer. He's like, I'm t- I'm dealing with cancer right now. Yeah. Now, I mean, that's and that's the thing here. Well, well, I'm this. These are all things that he claimed. All right. Yeah, right. You know, and it's funny because I hadn't watched these discussions that, you know, Phil had. I haven't watched him in a number of years. And it's interesting to come back with, you know, to them with an older set of eyes that I have now, um, because my observations are different. They truly are different. I can I'm going to flat out say. I don't know if I believe all this. OK, I'm not saying I'm shooting it down. I find it fascinating but some of the things, let's just say, and we'll get into that as we follow down the story a bit more. But some of the things that I hear, I've heard him say, they don't age well. <laughs> let's just let's just put it that way, right? So go ahead. Well, I don't deny that he he didn't he wasn't he was involved with these companies. He was part of these projects. Uh, I, I don't get when guys like this because what happened then? So let me let me let's backtrack. So the Green Beret. Gets Phil back into the the bucket lift, whatever it is, the elevator shaft, and saves him. And I, I assume he – and Phil says that guy died that day. And I saw different numbers. 60 to 66 people died that day in what's sometimes known as the Dulce War. The Dulce War. And uh, between aliens and humans. So also what was interesting to note, uh, before I mentioned Phil here – there, this is kind of the area where cattle mutilations first started as well. So you have a police officer that found kind of the first cattle mutilation. And um, I guess after this war, all those cattle mutilations stopped for a while. Okay. So that's kind of spooky, though, that all this stuff is happening in this, you know, in the same area. Yeah. It's, ugh, weird. So... Anyway, one of the things, one of the pieces of technology that Phil mentioned that they utilized when they were building these underground bases, where they they actually had boring machines yes. that would literally melt the rock, they liquefy it. They would liquefy the rock and just make these perfectly smooth tunnels, uh, which which sounds really cool. Um, yeah, so that's just one thing I wanted to point well, out. It's one of the things he mentioned. Some of the technology they utilized deflag, back then. Deflag a uh, laser rock deflagration. Am Is I that, saying that right? Deflagration. Uh, he close enough. He he was talking about this. So what happens then? Anyway, Phil, I don't know. I mean, he probably retired after that. He's like, I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> what was that? What was that? Because he ends up applying for disability in the early 80s, and this is 1973. So his injuries. No, 79. 70, uh, yeah, I'm sorry, 79. 1979. Yeah. So and then he applies for disability shortly after that. He It's granted to him. So he's not working after this. And. When he went on the lecture circuit in 1995 to tell his story, yes, he, I guess, had terminal cancer and figured, well, what's the point? I might as well start talking about what happened to me. Um, so goes on this lecture circuit. When people do this, similar to like Bob Lazar, and they don't make any money off of it, I don't sometimes understand besides, I, I, I know there's the obvious like, well, maybe he was mentally ill or something was wrong there, or he just liked the attention. 
And people close to Phil sometimes said he would he would fabricate stories, but I think something weird happened with him. Um, we we're never going to know the truth or all the details or if they're right, but a lot of his buddies around him ended up mysteriously dead, uh, murdered by suicide, as he called it. Which yeah. he warned during his lectures that he would probably be killed. That he would he would be next. If he, if he said if I if I do mysteriously die, it's because I've been killed. Yes. So don't believe what they say. Shortly, oh boy, it was 1996. It was uh, it, he I think he'd only been on the lecture circuit for like eight months. Yeah. Uh, yeah, eight months, and then he's found dead, and his health wasn't good. So he was found in his apartment, and. They wrote it off. Now, his his original uh, uh, report they, his, says his death is unknown. They don't know. Okay. Well, then they find later on, they find he's got a catheter, his catheter, his own catheter tube. Yeah. Tied around his neck. They said he. Ch- they said that he committed suicide by choking himself with his own catheter. Who does that? Well, you can't do. No it. one checks out like that. With, you don't. With, you no. don't. You can't choke yourself. It just no. isn't physically possible. You can hang yourself. Yeah. Right. Uh, but you can't choke. We, this is common stuff. And they here, didn't notice that right away. Now, they were I'm, like, we don't know. Now I don't know if you have this in your notes or not either, Amber. So hopefully I don't steal your thunder. One of the things, um, and his wife and I was looking at this earlier. Of course I. Let me look this up real quick here. Uh, there he is right there. Bear with me. Uh, Phil Schneider, his wife, Cynthia Dreher. Now, this and this is just from the stuff that I, I watched and read years ago. Him and his wife got divorced, and it's one it's one of those nice stories. I like hearing this. Like him and his wife, he did have a child. He did have a he had he did have a child. Yeah. Um him and his wife, things weren't working out. They got divorced. And as a result of getting divorced, they actually became very close friends. They be, they were better. So like some couples, they're better divorced than they are married. And they became very close and they spent a lot of time together. They were great parents to their kid from what I understood. Um, after Phil committed suicide, I say that in quotes, um, Cynthia was able to see the body, to to identify the body. And one of the things that she mentioned was, well... Phil had a surgery on his um, thing. It's a wanker, Weena. Uh, he had surgery on his on his on you know on his penis, <laughs> and he had a scar on there, right? And when they looked at the body, the body they looked at didn't have that scar anymore. So, and the story, the person who explained this, and it may have been one, of, it may have been Al Bielik who mentioned this. Um, he's like, well, who would know that better than his wife? Or even his ex-wife, right? She's like, that's not what that thing looked like before. No, so. and she right away said that the death was suspicious. She, she's yeah. like, I know my hus- ex-husband. He would not have killed himself, especially in the manner that was presented. And she did not supply this information, but I'm holding his obituary from the Oregonian. Oh, wow. And it says, this is from January 29th, 1996. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it says a memorial service has been held for Philip Schneider, who died January 17th, 1996, of a stroke at age 48. It says a stroke. And he did not die from a stroke. There is no. It's clear he was murdered. Oh, yeah. And And that's that's a no-brainer. That's one thing I won't deny. I I do not believe he killed himself. Um, yeah. Yes, he had bad health and, uh, and allegedly terminal cancer, 
But it says uh, Mr. Snyder was born April 23rd, 1947 in Bethesda, Maryland. He had a bachelor's degree in structural engineering and worked in Vietnam as a civilian construction worker for Morrison Knudsen. Now, that's the company he also worked for in the U.S. as well. And I don't I, that might have been the one at Dulce. Yeah. He was a member of Moreland Presbyterian Church and he is survived by his daughter, Marie. Uh, and his former wife, Cynthia. So they mentioned Cynthia and then some other family mm-hmm. and mentioned the internment. So that is all his obit says. But his obit says stroke. And she, Cynthia says, I did not supply them with that information. So who was told to put that in his obit? And when you watch, there is a movie out there. If you go on Prime. I'm just having fun watching you just try to find this information. <laughs> this is so ridiculous. Why this did you do this? I don't know. I meant to type it all out, but I didn't. So there is a movie out there called Underground, and it's yeah. like the Phil Schneider story. You can watch it for free on Freebie right now. Uh, you can go to Amazon God. Prime, or you can just go to Freebie. It's on there. You got to watch a s- couple stupid commercials. Yeah, with I was going to say it's the commercials fine. aren't too bad on Freebie. No, it's fine. Don't even try Fawesome TV. That you'll you'll never see the movie once you hit the first set of commercials. But yeah, Freebie is somewhat okay. These two filmmakers, the movie's not that old. These two filmmakers are just exploring Phil's story. And they talk to his wife, they talk to his daughter, and they look at a lot of the uh, government, or not the, well, yeah, the government records that his dad had, uh, different stuff that just kind of validate his story. And again, you know, some of the things he might have said, possibly, maybe he exaggerated, maybe he didn't even remember things correctly. His wife mentioned that he had been on all this medication and that he didn't have any health insurance. And once they got married and he got good health insurance, that he just had better health care and they pulled him off some of these medications that he was on for whatever. And then all of a sudden his memory starts coming back with some stuff. So was he being fed some kind of stuff that was blocking things so he wouldn't talk? So he wouldn't talk. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I, it's weird stuff happens when all this old, old school stuff with the government. Um, I, I mean, people probably are still killed to this day and like silenced in different ways, but I feel like you can't get away with that. Like you could back in the day anymore. Um, it's, I don't obvi- think. I don't, know. I don't think. I don't think that's their that's their mo anymore. Well, we were having this conversation over the weekend when me and James were coming back in the Uber car <laughs> from from Monster Jam. Uh, I'm going to say this: there, to your, to your point, Amber. I think there may be even more nowadays. I think there's just just large companies, large corporations alone, believe maybe more bodies in their wake. Than they ever have, frankly. Maybe not from directly just, you know, we're going to just have to bump this person off. But there's lots of ways to make people disappear now. Well, I know. I know it still happens. I just, I don't know. I guess in the UFO world, I don't know if it's it's a thing anymore. Because people talk now. You have the internet. It's a different world. Stories spread. Here's the weird thing. YouTube. It is very hard to find, besides a few other people like us that have done some podcasts on Phil Schneider, his lecture, don't, it's hard is to find. Buried because I was I was digging through buried, uh, yeah. And everybody, and when you go straight to the comments and you look, and everyone's like, "Oh my God, thank you for posting this." Uh, YouTube keeps deleting Phil Schneider stuff. Now, either that's a byproduct of them trying to consistently clean up what they uh, call conspiracy theory stuff on their platform, or there are there is some type of little government cleanup that's like, "Yeah, God, let's get rid of this Phil stuff because it's true." <laughs> Let's clean this up once in a while so it's not always in, it, right there at the forefront. I, I Who knows? Who knows? I found the lecture that I wanted to find out with him that I wanted to watch. 
on a, on the Facebook watch thing, which I don't know anybody out there if you've ever ever actually just I guess you call it they Is call that it, their YouTube? Well they call it do you call it doom scrolling when you just keep watching oh, video yeah. after video or video? Yeah. I do that a lot nowadays. Okay. I just lay in bed and relax. Um I guess, is that what they call it? Doom scrolling? Yeah. So, okay. Um, Facebook has this... Vi- yeah, they will have like watch, right? It's like just their thing where you can watch videos and stuff. So people upload videos to Facebook a lot like YouTube. But you have all these weird... Just lots of weird stuff up there from weird places and weird names and all kinds of weird stuff. And, and that's why I wasn't surprised that I actually found that Phil Schneider discussion... That the discussion that he had that I wanted to watch, it was on Facebook hmm. Watch, and I watched it on there. Huh. Um, but yeah, they, I think to to that point though too, Amber, um, information is so convoluted now. Also, oh yeah, I found so many different facts on different articles, like even even different podcasts I listen to. That's why I say, I you know, warning, don't don't write a book on Phil Schneider based on this podcast. Oh God, no. <laughs> You, don't, you know, don't even, don't even, you know, no, because the the facts are so hard where I just, like I said, numbers were different. Um, sometimes stuff was a little different. Like I said, like the, the deaths, how many people died in the Dulce War yeah. um, or years were a little off or something like that. And then, of course, everyone's opinions or whatever. Um, I, I'm pretty sure I read, I listened to a podcast that said that his dad was not who he said he was. Oh, I'm sure. That and I'm was like, well, how up. did you get? Okay, I mean, I am looking at ancestry. Well, that's my point, right And I'm there. looking at I'm looking at a 1950 census record that says his dad is German. How you know it's and not he's fake? Military. Amber. How you know it's not fake? In 1950, already the census. It's probably not fake. Okay, I'm, I'm not questioning. I'm just no. I'm just, I'm just, I'm, advocate for I, a as second. someone who's done a lot of genealogy, like I'm not looking at one particular faked page of the i mean whatever then you're starting to get crazy and then nothing everything's just fake and weird but well, that's where it is right now it, it, it goes back to your the question you asked though is well you know or or the statement you made where well people it seems like more people are talking less i think again i'm just gonna go back to the information information is so convoluted now that you can literally go on the rooftop and say Here's the. I mean, it's going on right now. It's going on right now. All this UFO talk that I know, we're hearing about. I know. But what people keep saying about that now is oh. this is a government diversion. Well, it, this is the this is the same you all the poor UFO people. Anybody that has is a. If anyone out there listening is maybe in their sixties, and they've been following the UFO subject for some time, they know that this is nothing new. I was just reading Ivan T. Sanderson's um, uh, was it Uninvited Visitors. It was a book from written in 19... Oh, was it 79? It was one of these older ones. Everything I'm reading in the intro that Ivan T. Sanderson is complaining about yeah. is all going on right now. Right now. Yeah. The same thing. So there's there's nothing new that nothing has changed except for some media sources such as the 2017 New York Times article um, admitting that... The Pentagon has been Pentagon has been studying UAP, and what's funny is everyone's like, "Oh, now they're calling it UAP." This I, this old book I was reading calls it UAP too. So that's that's a term that's been around as well. It's not anything that they just invented recently. Yeah. Uh, with the advent of this 2017 article, um, I, yeah, it, it's hard. It, I I feel you can get on the rooftops now, scream up and down, yeah, and say, "Look, and, man, this is what's going on," and you're going to have a million people that are going to make a video after you, well, giving you ev- showing evidence of why you're a liar. And that's what's got to be frustrating for people like Phil Schneider if he was in fact telling 
some form of his truth. Maybe his memory was jacked. Maybe health problems caused him not to remember things correctly, which caused people to say, oh, Phil kind of stretches the truth sometimes. I don't I don't know. But he a lot of some people say, well, he got that injury from a scroll saw or a circular saw. And then, of course, because I'm looking at YouTube comments and someone's like, there is no way that kind of energy or that that kind of injury he had would have happened from a circular saw. Just the way it ha- the way it was, or something. I don't, I don't know. Well, yeah, it's, you know, you have little experts out there. Well, it's but... cap- Captain Hindsight. Always <laughs> Captain Hindsight, basically. Uh, uh, um, but well, go ahead, Amber. I was going to say when his dad passed away. His dad passed away uh, a couple years before he started the lecture, and when they were going through all this stuff, that's when they found like these interesting photos because his dad was part of uh, some testing. At um, he was part of some nuclear testing. I mean, on top of the what we talked about at the beginning of the show, um, his dad was um, part of uh, nuclear weapons tests at Bikini Atoll, which is by the Marshall Islands in the Central Pacific Ocean in 1946. And he had photos of these nuclear blasts, and you got the mushroom cloud going up. Um, he was part. Uh, he was, it was like he was like doing cool stuff. I mean, not that not that that's cool, but he was part of some significant events. Yeah. Uh, during his time, if you know, if everything's correct, and Captain uh, Otto Oscar Schneider, I think I might have called him Oscar, but I I also I wrote down that his name is Otto Oscar Schneider. Yeah. Um. So, anyway, him and his friend started putting together with his dad's notes. They started putting together a little alien booklet like a little zine remember when zines were like all the rave yeah um so they're putting together this little alien booklet and shortly after that i think in about a year his friend is dead how is he dead murder by suicide again so another suspicious thing and that's that enraged phil that's when phil was like no no i'm done with this and that and then that I think prompted him to get out there and start talking about it because he was sick of he had he had a ton of friends. Like I think he might have said ten or eleven friends, um, or, or in his circle of people he knew that died in very mysterious ways. And uh which he felt was all like the government doing that. So his friend dies and then yeah, I guess Al Bielik, you mentioned his name earlier, was the one that urged Phil to to go on the lecture circuit and start yeah. telling his story. Yeah. So I, I don't know. It's uh, there was he wasn't making money. Um, you got a dying guy. What's what's in it for him? I mean, yes, there is some longevity in his his memory because we're talking about him right now, mm-hmm. and he's gone. But I don't know. It's it's so weird, and it's such a what. When I first heard Phil Schneider's story, and probably why we're talking about this tonight, is because it was one of those. Things where you were like, if that is true, that is the spookiest shit I've heard in a long time. Yeah. If there are indeed aliens living in bases under the planet that can just wave their hand and an energy beam goes pew, 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 and you're missing fingers suddenly, like, that is terrible. And they stink. They have crazy blue weapons that they shoot at you and cut your fingers off and they smell. Like, that is the worst. No one wants that. Well, I think what's even terrifying, more, and let's go up a little like a, like a a crust up on that though. Just the fact that the idea, to me at least, that there is supposed to be over over a hundred and fifty different 
underground bases all around the planet. Well, no, there's like 150 are, in the U.S. and then there's like like okay, 1,400 14, worldwide. Yeah, you know what? Yeah, you're right. I got my number wrong. I'm looking at that now. Um, and they're miles. They're not. Oh, just, yeah. They're massive. Seven they're si- stories. They're cities seven, underground. Seven levels. Oh yeah. So there's a whole um, crazy like mock whatever trains. Yeah, yeah. Phil talked about that. We want that on the surface. So that idea alone right there is kind of what's spooky to me is that something like that could exist. Yeah. And that's just as spooky, if not more spooky than the whole alien part. You you subtract the whole alien situation and like wars going on and stuff. Yeah. The fact that there is a thriving world living under us doing secret things. I mean, even the idea that there's there's always that like idea that there's privileged people out there that have paid to have space under underground in the event of a nuclear disaster, weather catastrophe, something, and they're going to be going underground and have like a nice swanky palace there to live out until they can go to the surface if they ever could again. Yeah, um, there's always talk about that. You hear about that happening um, in like well, China has a lot of underground facilities. Iran. Uh, in this video, in the underground video that I watched, uh, they showed these big giant tunnels in Iran. And of course, they're housing missiles because um, that's the best place to protect that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But it is. It's terrifying to think like what's going on. I under- I see the use for them. We know data centers are underground. Well, yeah, lots of them are. Um, there's a lot of use for protecting things and doing things secretly underground. Obviously, Area 51, Groom Lake. You know, where are you going to do all of your secret, build your secret machines? You're going to do it underground where people can't see it and satellites can't spy on it. I mean, we just had recently a Chinese weather balloon <laughs> float over the U.S. Uh, it wasn't a weather balloon, but it was, I mean, it was actual surveillance balloon. Uh, just float over us, reminding us how just vulnerable we are with stuff. And, of course, then they shoot down all this other stuff. So in between our last show and this one, there has been a lot of UFO buzz because the other things that they shot down one was over lake huron uh here in our state in michigan and yeah. then there was like alaska maybe i don't know if it's some other part of canada and they they don't know what they are because they're like well we're not gonna be able to retrieve them and they suspect that it might have just been some like hobbyists weather balloon out there that i guess are always floating around doing their thing the bottle cap brigade they're called and they spent That's the battle cap brigade that's and they're the ones that got in trouble over this thing because they do fly balloons. Okay. Well, then why weren't they told not to do it a long time ago if it's so dangerous to our well, our now, air, well, our now air it paths? Is. Now it is. Now that we know China is sending balloons over here to do whatever they're going to do, and I don't pretend like I know I'm, I know much about it either. See, some of the things about this uh, that I do want to touch on with what time we have left here is – and I mentioned a few minutes ago some of the things that I just found a bit suspect with his story. Sure. Right? Um, and he mentions in one of his discussions a couple of elements. One of them is Miranite, right? Miranite, according to, to Phil, Miranite is element number 132 on the periodic table of elements, which is well beyond 104, which is what we currently have right now, I think. Um, and Bob Lazar was 115, but I guess yeah. we have that now. But, okay, so, you know, I haven't looked at the t- table of elements in a while, but there's also Corbinite. Yeah. Corbomite. Corbomite. Now, 
The is first that 140? Thing, that's 140, yeah. The first thing I want to point out is if you Google Corbomite you or Marinade. You only see Star Trek. It goes straight to Star Trek <laughs> yeah. where they were talking about this stuff. <laughs> yeah. And that's the original series, too. Yeah. Okay, yeah, this is yeah. back in the 60s. This, yep, this is Captain Kirk and Spock. That's a bit suspect to me. Um, But, no, it is actually on the periodic table, Scott. Corbomite. Yes. Marinite. It is. It is. Where? It's on the periodic table as element 140. If it exists, look look it up. Look up. Look it up. Okay. I don't right. know. That's what, at least what I found when I looked it up. That it, if, because these elements, these, I don't know if they have elements, because again, I'm now, God, I'm not a scientist. I'm not a chemistry person. I never took chemistry in school. No, I don't know I, much about it at all. I think they have these theory elements, which is what 115 was forever. And then they figured out how to make it or do something. I what don't know. What is element 140? In the modern periodic table, uh, the modern, there are there are a total of 118 elements now. Known. Known, yeah. Yeah. Um, so we're beyond 115. Period, Corb, Corbomite is the element whose atomic number is 140. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Yeah. So you already- I just saw Star Trek. I'm like, oh, come on. But you already have Star Trek. Science fiction was always so good at looking ahead at stuff and theorizing things. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, I think Phil said that- there was something about mining that on the moon well, in space. Yeah, they but I don't know much about that. I don't. I don't know what he said about it, or no. what the, did he ever say there was a use for it? One twenty three is the other one, which is Miranite, right? Well, they say it's un, it's indestructible. It's it's all indestructible. Oh, oh it's indestructible. You can't wreck any of this stuff. Uh, so you can make some pretty sweet armor with so it. That doesn't that doesn't line up. Like a cool sword. I'm looking at this. Uh, you know, one twenty three, one thirty two. Miranites, one thirty was it one thirty two or one twenty three? Now I'm flip flopping them. I think whatever. But <laughs> again, don't write a book on this subject based well, on this and show. I mean, and I'm I'm not beating any guy, anybody up. I'm not beating. <laughs> I'm not stepping over a dead man either here, and you know who can't defend himself. Right. It's just some things that I was like, okay, what's going on here now? And some other things too. I want to point out. You know, in his discussions, the first, you know, I can't say I disagree with him to a certain. Um, to a certain point with this, but he's very heavy on the right to bear arms, for example. Sure. Right? I mean, very much like we need to start a U.S. militia saying things like that, right? Because he do he, and all around the idea of, you know, we're being lied to. Right. They're lying to us. Our leaders are lying to us, and we need to kick the parasites out. Well, we need to kick the parasites out. But if right? you see this, I mean, just playing devil's advocate, if yeah. you actually saw this happen, this is how you were injured. And then all these people are trying to kill all your friends to shut them up. Yeah. And you're like, holy hell, there is a really bad threat right here on our planet. It's not even coming from somewhere else. Yeah, yeah. You'd start to get a chip on your shoulder, too. Well, and i that's a good good way to look at it also. He also openly stated that he can't stand Janet Reno. <laughs> what? Says what? she's a confirmed lesbian. Oh, God. Which I was well, like, oh, well, boy, there, Phil, Okay, this easy, is Phil. the 90s. That's what I'm saying. This stuff didn't age too well. Okay, but that has nothing to do with his alien thing. That's but Those are his This personal... was part of his discussion, though. Well, that's... This was sure. part of his discussion. That's weird. He was pointing people out, going, these are the people that are lying to you, which, I mean, fine, but some of those things, I'm like, okay, that's that's kind of shooting. Even, even in the 90s, that's kind of a low blow, if you ask well, me. Right? Yeah, I don't know. I'm not saying it's a. It, I'm again. I'm not saying. Did say, come from Nazi stock. Oh Jesus! Christ. I hate to say it, but his dad was on that side. Dear ghostly talk. <laughs> I, I don't know. 
Why are you <laughs> saying Phil Schneider is I'm a not, Nazi? I'm not. You just don't know how people... I hate you people no, no, and hope no. you die. You don't know Love, how people were raised. Listener, send. And how they were raised sometimes affects how they think and view things. I agree. And that uh, just whatever. Some of the other things he mentioned, he, we already talked about Valiant Thor, yeah. but he also mentioned that um, uh, some of these, uh, the large greys, sure. um, they've been, they've obviously been in cahoots with our government with, you know, for, well, at the time, at the time of that, uh, when he was speaking about this, it would have been 54 years. That was in 1996. So this goes back, this goes back many years at this yeah. point. Um, he said also that, yeah, they, they so, like, Valiant for, Thor, for example, had a lifespan of 496, 90 years. Nice. He had six fingers. He had an enlarged heart, one giant lung, and copper oxide for blood. But then why do you look so much like us? I, th- I do, I've, I've said this on the show before that I think there is kind of a general pattern for intelligent life, such as like having two legs and two arms is pretty useful, having some eyeballs. Yeah. Um, res- respiration seems to be something all living things do to in some degree, whether they breathe water or air. Yeah. So, but the guy just looks straight up in the picture. Okay, again, we don't know if that's really Valiant Thor, but he looks so human. Yeah. But when they claim that from crash retrievals of UFOs and they've recovered these bodies, again, they're little beings that have... Two legs and two, two arms. Two legs, two arms. Sometimes, yeah, you do hear about the extra digit. Um, eyes, you know, nose. Some don't well, have ears, all, but... I mean, it all depends on the skin. environment you come from, too. I I, I would imagine... I, I don't know. There was... Oh, I wish I could... What was it called? Oh, no. You're not going to find it in those papers. No, I'm not. I didn't write it down. I just watched the most wonderful... And I'm not, we're not even going to discuss this because I'll go off on a tangent. We can save this for another show. But I just watched... It was by um, James... Cam- was it James Cameron? Is that his name? No, no, James Fox. Uh, James Fox. And it was called... Oh, this is stupid. Um, it was about Brazil and this case where they found uh, an, an actual like crash happened. Yeah, yeah. And they recovered a live alien... And there's way too many, way, way too many people that saw this, including these three girls. And they all described it being very similar, uh, but they said it, it was when they encountered this alien, it had, it had walked away from the ship. It had tried to do something. It didn't look well. Trying to find the bar. It looked like it would, no, it looked like it was struggling and it was leaning up like up against a wall. And everyone that had to deal with this alien and its body after it was brought in for testing or captured yeah. Yeah. described the smell as being like sulfur or even ammonia. Ugh. And that the one guy that grabbed it when he saw it walking in the street, grabbed it and touched it. He said he, it felt like oil, like the skin was super oily and he got a bacteria in him. They tried to, to get sick really fast and within a week, was dead and the doctors were like shocked and said we don't know what he was in his early 20s yeah we don't know we've never seen something take over some someone's immune system this quickly and knock them out so again like i don't know how other if this is true because oh so good it was so good this is so stupid i can't remember the title of this but if other mirror mirror Miranite's not element number one twenty three or one thirty two. You're still talking about the elements, and I can't remember the name of this. Well, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know nothing about this stuff, but it's in, you know, and I mean, it's interesting to even do it, talk about it on the air here. But I don't even see that it, it's not, it don't exist. Oh well, whatever. But 
again, it's just. But I mean, me... maybe somebody who knows more about chemistry can can reach out. Uh, let maybe. us know. I'm just curious. Like, like, let us know. Send us a uh, hate maybe. mail. You guys are stupid. Why are you talking about this? <laughs> Why the, are you uh, attempting to talk chemistry? Why are you attempting to talk chemistry, you idiots? What's wrong with you? You can barely <laughs> talk about the paranormal. Just shut up. Yeah. <laughs> Dear ghostly talk. Um. Yeah. Uh, say something a minute while I look this up. Well, I mean, again, I, there was just some things I, I wanted to point out. I find the story in general fascinating. I do too. I, again, what spooks me oh, out okay. more than even the idea of the aliens or time travel, the Philadelphia experiment, all these things is the idea that there could be right below us. Yes. Like maybe like a thousand feet below. I don't know. So that's so a thousand feet below where we're at right now. There could be some bustling city, a whole different oh, universe, sure. a whole different universe. And that's where they, okay. So that's where sometimes they say like when people see UFOs around here, that and it's actually coming from our planet because there's these breakaway societies or these societies living underground that occasionally have to come up to do something and we're seeing this advanced technology that's all just like you said under the surface um yeah yeah i don't know and what if people started because they were raised underground what if they started to look a little different i mean i guess you'd have artificial light and you i don't think you'd start to turn into like a mole person or something your skin would probably get lighter i don't know maybe they have tanning beds down might there. be a bit more pale uh, I mean, it, yeah, you, if, yeah, it would be assumed that you'd get the same amount of exercise if that was your thing. I mean, there would be things you should do even under there to take yeah, care of your trippy, health. It's trippy. It's trippy. That's, yeah. But Moment of Contact is the movie I'm talking about right now. The one I was just talking about rambling. Again, I recommend if you're into this like alien thing and crash retrievals and the idea of an actual living, hum- like living, breathing alien being captured. Um, yeah. Yeah. Go watch Moment of Contact. In fact, I purchased it. I think I only paid like twelve bucks for it. Well worth the twelve bucks. Um, cool. It that was an, it was the best UFO documentary I've seen in a long time. The very last thing I want to say because it was in my notes. I'm sure, surprised you found it. Yep, we were talking about this Dulce area having been the first area with the cattle mutilations. Yeah, I want to say something spooky that the police officer, the trooper, Gabe Valdez. He was the one that found the cattle mutilations. Later on in his life, one uh, during an interview, he claimed, claimed, allegedly, to have found a fetus inside a dead cow that, quote, looked like a human, a monkey, and a frog. And he said, he said this on the show UFO Hunters, which was on the History Channel, and he said there was no bones in the head, it was full of water. And he believed potentially the cow was... We're incubating alien babies, and that's why they've been mutilated, like, to re- to remove everything. Gross. That there's a bunch of, like, That's cows. absolutely mortifying. Isn't, so speaking of more terrifying, these it's are all the mortifying. terrifying things we discovered while trying to look up That explains Phil half Schneider. of our population oh, right now. God. now. The mystery solved, guys. The we being, can go, Miller no, time. These are the things being taken to other planets or taken underground to be studied. Well, you know, if you got a really good combination of a monkey human and a frog and what if you built that into a military oh <laughs> the future's bleak we, we, just, we both looked up in the air i think <laughs> we're all gonna die i don't know but let us know what you guys think about this stuff we're gonna probably do if, more if of this. you enjoy this us kind of, rambling kind of fun i mean i can actually actually enjoyed this we cool. it forces us i mean we still have to do research and look things up yeah, and you can see how well that works yeah, out well I don't feel like I have to be as precise as if we have a guest on. So 
like you said, don't quote us on these Yeah, shows. don't quote us on any of this stuff. But they're interesting <laughs> ideas and what I hope it will and do. And you can look more up Yeah, that's what I own. That's what I hope it'll do for you. If this is something that you really interests you, it's going to prompt you to really dive into this stuff, right? Yeah, and uh, I'll try to post some links to some of the stuff I found on YouTube. Seeing it, we, had, we struggled finding it. Yeah, there was a, this was one of those ones it. where it was a, it was a weird topic to study. But hey, for. if you have the ability to capture stuff from YouTube um, and you want to preserve stuff, I don't know, go out there and preserve some Phil Schneider stuff because it w- really it's was hard, hard to it's find. It's hard to find. Which, like I said, might mean that they are deleting it or removing it for whatever reason. Who knows? Let us know what you guys think about this stuff. Send us an email, contact at ghostlytalk.com. We'll see you guys next time. This is Scott L. This is Amber. See you guys later. Peace. Ghostly Talk. <laughs> Ah. 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 Ah